this church with great talent. Keep using it for the Lord, please. Don't think you could better your life by taking it out into the world. They've got enough. Uh, it belongs to God, and give it, all, give it all to Him. Use it for Him. That's a blessing. Well, glad to be back tonight. I'm even more impressed that you came back tonight. That, I kind of had to, but, uh, uh, but I'm glad that you're here. I, uh, Brother Lamar said that if he and I uh, had been in more tune with the Holy Spirit, that the choir would have uh, sang that song this morning. I was thinking to myself, I'm pretty sure I and the Holy Spirit knew that I wasn't going to be here next Sunday, so I don't know who that leaves <laughs> to be out of tune with the Holy Spirit, <laughs> uh, but so I, uh, I really love giving Brother Lamar a hard time, I really do, uh, because he's a man and he's got thick skin and he can take it, I like that, I like that. That is me making up for something I said during the couple's retreat. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you should have been there. And uh, anyway, let's go to John chapter 8 tonight. John chapter 8. <clears throat> yes, that is where we were this morning. We're going back there tonight. Somebody right now is thinking, bless his heart. He doesn't even know that he's got the wrong notes in front of him. Well, the joke's on you. I don't even have notes. So... <laughs> Uh, it's kind of like this. Um, when I was growing up, um, there used to be, I think it was on Saturday nights, there would be a program that would come on TV called The Wonderful World of Disney. And uh, they would show old Walt Disney movies and things like that. And uh, my parents would tape them. Now, this just means I've got to explain things for millennials. Okay. Um, <laughs> So they had this big old box about that big, and you put a big old cassette in there about that big, and uh, they would, they would uh, record off of the TV these movies. What I didn't realize till later in my life was that those movies were not as they were originally produced. Those were edited for TV to allow for commercials. So we would have these, we would have these movies on VHS that we would go back and we would rewatch. And, and as a, the more we watch them, the more you begin to think they're, they're dealing with something here that I'm not, I don't even know what they're talking about. And it's because that in editing for TV, they had cut out a segment to make it short enough for TV that was referred to later on in the movie, but you never even saw that part of the movie. And so then later, I would, uh, you know, when, when things started coming out on uh, streaming and uh, or DVD or something like that. I'd say, hey, we watched that as a kid. I want to watch it. And we'd put it in. We would get to whole five, ten-minute segments of the movie, and I'd be like, I've never seen this before in my life. I never saw this part. But it makes other things that I did see make sense. So here's why we're going back here tonight, and this was on purpose and by intention. I skipped a part this morning, and no part of God's worth no, no part of God's Word is worth skipping. It's all in there for good reason. And so we're not going to skip it tonight. We're going to go back and deal with it. This morning, I wanted to deal with the fact that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, makes us free, and He makes us free indeed. 
when he saves our soul. He sets us free from the bondage of sin and the bondage of everything that sin uh, shackles us with and chains us with. And I'm glad we've got a Savior who's powerful enough to break all of those bonds and set us completely free. But here's what I want to go back to tonight. Uh, if you'll follow along, I'm going to read in verse number 30 where the, <clears throat> the Bible says this. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now Jesus was speaking this to people who he had already made free indeed. Because I'm happy to tell you, God doesn't set us free from sin through a long process. Jesus sets us free from sin the moment we trust in Him as Savior. He forgives us of our sin. He gives us eternal life. He makes us a new creation. We are born again into the family of God. And all of that is instantaneous at the moment of our salvation. And I'm so thankful for that. However... There is more freedom, I'm sorry, there is more freedom that is to be practically experienced as we grow in the Christian life. So when these people believe in Jesus Christ, he now looks at these believers knowing the environment that they're going to have to move forward in, knowing the surroundings of where they're at and what they're going to have to face, and he gives them this encouragement that if ye continue, now that word continue is interesting. As a matter of fact, the, the Greek word where we get the word continue here, John uses 42 times in the Gospel of John. He uses that same word 24 times in 1 John 1 through 5. This was one of John's favorite words that he used. And in other parts of Scripture, instead of being translated for us continue, it's translated like this, abide. Like in John chapter 15 when he says that we are to abide in Him and He abides in us. Here we have it translated and rightly so with the word continue because the word means to stay put, stay here. Stay plugged in. And so Jesus is saying right here, if ye continue, if you stay plugged in to my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I want to get into this tonight, and I believe this is going to be a real help to us tonight from God's word. Let's pray, and let's ask God's blessing upon the reading of his word. Heavenly Father, thank you for letting us be gathered together as brothers and sisters in Christ back in this place again tonight. Thank you for your word, which is a living word, which speaks to every area of our life. And God, I just pray that you'd help us to receive the truth that you have for us tonight. I pray that it would strengthen us, give us foundation as we continue to live for you and as we move forward in this life with you leading our steps one at a time. Father, I pray that each heart would uh, be focused and that there would be a liberty of your spirit to be able to move and to work in our midst tonight. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
What I want to distinguish with tonight, and we can do this biblically because Jesus does make a very clear distinction between the fact that He's been talking to the multitudes, but now this statement is not given to the multitudes. This statement is given specifically to those who have believed in Him. I want to say just for a moment before we get into this. If you're here tonight and you haven't believed in Jesus Christ for salvation, don't tune out. God still has something for you here. And you need this as well as anybody else. But primarily, this message is going to be to believers. People who have trusted in Jesus Christ for salvation. And this is, this is what Jesus says. This is what, I should say it like this. This is what Jesus knows. Jesus knows that in this multitude there are, what the Bible says, many that have believed in Him. But He's not always going to be right in front of them. He's not always going to be physically present in their midst. He's not going to be always there that they can come directly to Him physically and personally and ask their questions. Jesus is aware that He's going to go away and they're going to be left here on this earth and they are going to face difficulties and they are going to have questions. And as a matter of fact, Jesus knows that in the same multitude of people that they are part of on this particular day, there are people that are going to desire to lead them astray. There are people that believe differently than what they have just believed. And to other people, this is, this is true today, this is true all the way back then, to other people, they have their truth. It's a dangerous thing. They have their truth and you have yours. And they're going to want to convince you of their truth and you're going to have to try to hang on to yours. I'm glad tonight there's no such thing as their truth, your truth, my truth, our truth. There's just truth. Truth is truth and all truth comes from God. And, and His Word is truth. From Genesis to Revelation and every part of it. Proverbs chapter 30 says it like this. Every word of God is pure. We can trust it. We can depend upon it. It is inerrant. And God's word is absolutely, absolutely true. And so Jesus looks at those who have just heard what he's had to say and they have put their faith in him and he, he quickly admonishes them. This is one of the quickest discipleship courses that you're ever going to see. Jesus looks at them and says, Now, continue in my word because then are ye my disciples truly. Then are you my disciples indeed. And here's the, here's the outcrop of that. Here's the outpouring of that. That when you continue in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Somebody says, well, Brother Decker, uh, didn't you say this morning that the Son makes us free when we trust in Him? That's ex absolutely what I said. And, and he says it a few verses later to the ones who are under the delusion of sin. That's exactly what Jesus says. But here's the difference in the freedoms that he's talking about. The freedom that we talked about this morning is what I'm going to call a positional freedom. What that means is that we have true freedom in Christ 
Because the moment that we get saved, God takes us, our life, our whole existence, and He places us in the person of Jesus Christ. And in Jesus Christ, we are totally free from sin. In Jesus Christ, we are totally forgiven of sin. In Jesus Christ, when God looks at us, He doesn't see any of our sin. He sees only the righteousness of His Son, Jesus Christ. And that forever. Now that's a great position to be in. I'm telling you, ever since I was five years old, October 17th, 1984, when I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior, God put me in Christ. And for the last 35 years since then, and moving forward throughout eternity, I have a position in Christ that the devil can't touch, that the world can't touch, that I couldn't even decide to remove myself from. Positionally, I am whole in Jesus Christ. And I have that positional Freedom. But in addition to that freedom, which nothing can beat, while I am made to sit together with Him in heavenly places, God is very much aware that I still have to live a life here in this world. And as I live a life here in this world, there is no doubt about it I am going to encounter error. I'm going to, I'm going to encounter the influence of the world. I'm going to have to deal with the influence of my flesh. I'm going to have to deal with the oppression of Satan. All of these things are things that I'm going to have to deal with as I live my life. And listen... Am I saved by freedom in Christ? Absolutely. But watch this. Saved people can get in bondage to error, to influence, to oppression, because they don't continue to follow the Savior. Because they don't continue in, their word, in His Word. And when they don't continue in His Word, they don't know the truth. So when the decisions of life start coming up and we start having to make choices and we don't have a foundation of the knowledge of truth upon which to base our choices, we ourselves can make choices that have us back in bondage again. I'm not talking about the same kind of bondage to sin that we were in when we were lost. I'm just saying in the bondage of ignorance, in the bondage of our flesh, in the, in the bondage of bad choices, we can end up there because we choose not to stay in touch with God, to stay in tune with God, to continue to follow God. Chances are, people in this church know somebody that came. God dealt with their heart, and they got saved. Maybe you dealt with them, maybe somebody else dealt with them, but you knew it was real. I mean, you knew it was the Spirit of God that, that, that brought them, that called them, that illuminated their heart, and, and, and they were sincere when, when they trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. But sometime later, whether it was the old ways or it was, or it was the peer pressure of the world or maybe influences of family or something like that, they just begin to slip away and they just begin to walk away. And they're saved, but they're not free. Because they didn't continue. If, if we're going to call what we talked about this morning positional freedom, which is freedom indeed, 
then, then what God's saying to those that have believed in him is, listen, nothing can ever change your positional freedom, but what you need to notice is that as we live this life before we see him face to face, before we spend eternity with him in heaven, in this life, it is still possible to get bogged down. It's still possible to get the chains back wrapped around us again. If this morning was positional freedom, then we might call this practical freedom or progressive freedom. There's nothing wrong with using that word. Well, I don't like the word progressive. Well, I'm not a big fan of it myself. But that's what it is. You know what, what God's saying here? God's saying, look, when, you, when I made you free indeed, you started as a babe in Christ. You started with little knowledge about the spiritual truths and the right way to go and how you were supposed to make decisions as a child of God. But guess what? The more we continue in His Word, the greater the foundation of the knowledge of truth and the more truth we know and apply into our lives, then all of a sudden when we're faced with error, we can see the error. Because compared to the truth, it just stands out. Before I started pastoring, I worked at State Bank of Southwest Missouri, and I worked there for a few years. And in the time that I was there, I started in the Teller area, and I, I moved around to just about every uh, area in the bank. And from time to time, maybe a couple times a year, uh, people from the FBI would come in, and they would have seminars. And the seminars had to do with counterfeit money. And every time, it was different people that conducted the seminars, and I'm sure it was an FBI curriculum or whatever, but it was always presented in different ways and, and different people administrated that seminar in different ways. But one thing was always said, it was always stated, and it was the basis for the way the FBI taught uh, bank tellers and things like that, people that were receiving bills, how to spot counterfeit money. They would say this, that we could, we could be here with you for weeks showing you counterfeits and what makes them counterfeits, but you could still miss a counterfeit bill coming through the window. So we're not going to waste our time doing that. Because all we have to do is this. All we have to do is make sure you have a great familiarity with the real thing. And if you know what real currency looks like, it doesn't matter what the counterfeit looks like. You'll be able to spot it immediately because you'll know it doesn't bear the marks of the real thing. Do you realize you could waste a lot of time in this world studying every false thing to know that it's false and why it's false and everything like that, but that's a waste of your time and God's time and energy. God doesn't have us studying that which is false. You know what God wants us to do? Continue in His Word. Because continuing in His Word makes us a true disciple of Jesus Christ. And through studying this book and rightly dividing this book, then we know the truth. And the truth will make us free. You say, uh, preach, what do you mean uh, the truth will make us free? Well, Let's think for just a moment about the immediate context of the passage that John's writing about. Let's think about these that just believed on Jesus in this multitude, in this crowd. In this crowd were 
Pharisees. And the Pharisees' uh, mentality was that they manufactured their own righteousness. And what the Pharisees were very known for doing was that they would take Old Testament law, except the Pharisees would assign their own particulars to the Old Testament principles. So I talked about this a little bit over the marriage retreat, so this will be a review for some, but I'll give you an example of one thing. The Old Testament law said that on the Sabbath day you're not allowed to do any work. Well, because the Pharisees wanted to feel righteous and create their own standard of righteousness... Nowhere in the Bible does it say this, but the Pharisees came up with the law, the application of the law, that the most a person could, the most weight that a person could ever carry on the Sabbath day had to be equal or less than half of a fig. So if you carried anything that weighed more than half of a fig, sinner. Now, Jesus really upset the fig cart when he came along. Because Jesus looked at them and said, Now, I know you all have this own, your own rule about this and your own standard of righteousness, but how many of you, if your ox were to fall into a ditch on the Sabbath day, you wouldn't pull him out? Uh, well, I mean, oxes are kind of important, you know. I'm sorry, oxen are kind of important. I... Uh, you know, I mean, we're not just going to leave it in the ditch. I'm pretty sure an ox weighs more than half of a fig. So here's the thing. When you make your own rules, you can bend them whenever you want to. You can break them whenever you want to because you've got your own justifications for it. And the Pharisees were big about making their own standards to which they could attain, but justifying their own lives when they didn't even attain to their own standards. And in the midst of these Pharisees are a group of people who have just believed in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, knowing that these had believed in Him, He wants them to know their influence is going to try to put you in bondage. But continue in My Word. Then shall ye be My disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth. And the truth will enable you to tell the Pharisees with the love of Jesus to take a hike. The truth will enable you and give you the freedom to look at a Pharisee and not be afraid of their legalism, but to look them right square in the eye and say, that's not true, that's not right, that's not how God estimates righteousness I am righteous because I have trusted in His Son that He sent to be my Savior, Jesus Christ. And the truth will set you free from Pharisaical bondage. Jesus was very well aware of that. Jesus probably knew that in that multitude there were some Sadducees. Well, who were those guys? Well, Sadducees in the Bible were primarily known for their holding to this one particular doctrine that there is no resurrection. That once you die, that's it. No resurrection. 
No eternity. So you have Jesus preaching eternal life. But in the midst of a multitude that contains people who have now believed in Jesus Christ and accepted the hope that is in Jesus Christ of eternal life, there are those that would try to influence them and teach them and communicate to them that, that all we have is this life. And when this life is over, it's all over and there is no more. But Jesus says, if ye continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free from the emptiness of believing that this is all we've got. Hey, it gets a lot better than this. I'm happy to tell you that tonight. Heaven's better than this. Life in the presence of Jesus Christ is better than this. And there is a resurrection. And there is a future for all believers. And we don't have to fall for the Sadducee line that this is it and then it's done and that fatalistic approach. And those are some of the influences as well as many others that Jesus was aware of that were right there in their midst. But tonight, and we're not going to do so for sake of time, but if we were to turn over to John chapter 17, in John chapter 17, we are mere hours from Jesus going to Calvary. We're just... We're, we're hours from his arrest and in the garden and being taken into custody in the mock trial and, and later him being hung on a cross and him dying and being buried in a tomb. And right before that, in John chapter 17, Jesus prays. And he prays for those that had believed in him, his disciples. And he prays for those that would believe on him because of their words. By the way, that's us. It's amazing to me when I read John 17 and see that Jesus prayed for me before he went to Calvary. That's powerful right there. And in John chapter 17, as Jesus is talking to the Father, he says this, Father, they are in the world. And I pray not that thou wouldest take them out of the world. They are not of the world as I am not of the world but they are in the world. Father, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus is praying and conceding to the Father that these that have believed on me live in this world and the world hated Jesus and the world hates everybody that believes in Jesus. And the world is full of lies. And the world is full of deception. And the world is full of dishonesty. And the world is full of empty promises. I'm talking about the same world that you and I walk through every day of our life. And let's not act like we're not touched by the world. Let's not act like those promises that in our heart of hearts that sometimes we didn't wish they were true. 
Let's not act like the world doesn't have things that really grab our attention and maybe even place temptation right before us to say, look, here's something that looks better and, and, and here's something that, 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 that possibly could provide some satisfaction and it, it wouldn't require the same amount of self-denial and it wouldn't require the same amount of humility of bowing myself before Christ and, and, and maybe there's something to this and, and, and if, you do, if you do that, and if you're tempted by that, you wouldn't be the first servant of God who has been. You won't be the last. One of the psalmists whose name was Asaph, Asaph writes a psalm, and in it, man, I love his honesty. It's inspired by the Spirit of God, but I'm telling you, I need Asaph's honesty. And this is what he says. He said, I almost slipped. My feet were nigh gone when I looked at the wicked and I saw how they prospered. I saw how they didn't get sick. I saw how they weren't in pain. I saw how they just seemed to heap joy upon joy and pleasure upon pleasure and they seem to be happy and they, 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 they seem to have no fallacies in the way that they live their life and it, it seemed that they had everything that their heart could want. He said, I'm just being honest with you. When I looked out and I saw the wicked and the happiness that they had or that it seemed that they had and, and it's the way they lived their life, I almost slipped. You know what kept Asaph from it? Asaph says this, I love this. He said, until I went into the sanctuary of the Lord. Translation, Asaph says, till I went to church, heard the word of God preached, and the word of God reminded me of this. Sin has a pleasure for a season. The word of God reminded me this, that, that there can be a form of happiness associated with feeding the flesh. But it's only temporary. And Asaph said this, Asaph said, Until I went into the sanctuary of the Lord, then saw I their end. When Asaph was reminded from the Word of God where that life ends up, Asaph said, Thank you, Lord. You helped me dodge a bullet right there. I could have been where I'd, I ended up. But your word saved me. Your word freed me. Your word made me free because it told me the truth. Can I tell you tonight? That's what God's Word does. God never said you even have to like it. Sometimes we don't want to hear the truth. Sometimes, sometimes the truth is hard to hear, hard to receive, hard to apply. But do you know what happens when we hear the truth, when we receive the truth, when we apply the truth? Freedom! 
Freedom in our lives. You know why? Because we can stand in the face of any deception, any error and say, nope, that can't affect me. That's not going to get me. That's not going to tie me down. Because I know God's Word. I know the truth. And if I'll just hang on to the truth and trust that God knows what He's talking about, I'm free. I'm free. Well, preacher, don't you think that would mean that I might have to miss out on some stuff. I'll promise you this right now. You're not going to miss out on anything worth missing out on. Amen. I, I, or I don't know if I said that right, but hopefully you understand what I mean. You're not going to miss out on anything worth giving your life to. I, I, there's this song, and I don't remember how it, how it all goes, but it, it often speaks to my heart that talks about growing up in a sheltered home. By the way, if you get to grow up in a Christian home with mom and dad who love you and want to spare you from some of the atrocities that are in the world, don't buck against that. Don't rebel against it, even if you don't understand it. Just thank God for it. They're helping you. They're trying to keep you free is what they're doing by, by shaping their family and your lives under the boundaries of the Word of God. It's the truth. And it says, uh, uh, we often get accused of missing out on so much. The song says it simply like this, though. Yeah, I did miss out on some things. I missed out on a whole lot of heartaches. Missed out on a whole lot of problems. Missed out on a whole lot of difficulties. Missed out on a broken heart. Anybody understand what I'm saying tonight? That's what God's Word does for us. Listen, if you've trusted in Jesus Christ and you know that your sin's forgiven, forgotten, you know the guilt's gone, you know there's no more fear, you know that life's not empty anymore, that Jesus Christ satisfies like nothing else. Praise God for being made free and free indeed. But let me just tell you something right now. Don't, don't stop right there. Don't quit right there. If you've believed in Jesus, hear the words of Jesus tonight. Continue in His Word. Being made free indeed is just the beginning of the freedom that God wants you to experience. It's just the beginning of the freedom that God wants you to know. And every day when you go to God's Word, and by the way, you've got to get more of God's Word than just church services. And every day when you go to God's Word, our heart ought to be, God, I, I love this freedom and I want to stay in this freedom. But God, I know that outside these doors, there's a lot that's warring against me and there's a lot that's trying to take me captive. And God, I'll just be honest with you, I'm a sitting duck. I'm vulnerable to all of these deceptions and all of these traps. And God, I don't want to lose this great freedom. So God, show me something this morning as I get alone with you. Show me something in your word that's going to help me when I go out here and I face a decision at work. I face a decision at school. I face a, a decision in a relationship or in a, uh, in a friendship uh, with a peer or something like that. When I'm invited to do something, oh God, give me biblical discernment to know what is true and what is right so that I can stay in the freedom that you've blessed me with. Continue in His Word. Oh, and we need it. Every day we need to be in His Word. 
I'm just going to challenge you with something real quick. <clears throat> let's just say, let's see, today's Sunday. Let's just say this Friday, I'm going to be faced with a pretty major decision. I'm just using this as an example, an illustration. Let's say this Friday I'm going to be faced with an illustration, uh, with it, no, faced with a situation. I'm going to have to make a pretty major decision. But I'm not going to know that I'm going to have to make that decision until that situation comes up. I'm thankful, aren't you, that we've got the Word of God that when any situation arises, we can run to God's Word to find the truth that will help us. But let's be real for just a second. Not every decision gives us the time to go do a Bible study before we make our decisions. So do you realize that maybe this morning when I got in God's Word, God showed me something this morning that I'll never use today. But come Friday, I needed that. You say, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. Man, this message has spoken in my heart. Preacher, anytime I have to face decisions, I'm going to go to God's Word. That's admirable, but I'm just saying there's a better way. Abide in God's Word. Continue in God's Word. Because the more we continue and abide in God's Word, then when those situations come up and when those decisions have to be made, we don't have to go run into God's Word. You know why? Because it's already hidden in our heart that we might not sin against Him. It could be that some message that I heard a preacher preach three years ago that God spoke to my heart, I heard it, I received it, I applied it. And all of a sudden today I'm facing a decision. And that message three years ago, the Holy Spirit of God brings that back up to my mind and says, here's the truth. And enables me to make a clear and concise decision to remain in the freedom that Jesus Christ has for me. Why? Because I've continued in the Word of God. Because preaching's been important to me. Because Bible reading's been important to me. Because devotions have been important to me. This, this is so fundamental, but it's so overlooked. Even among Christians. We need God's Word. Each and every day. Many times a day. We need to, we, we need to, to read it. We need to study it. We need to rightly divide it. We need to think upon it. Can I just finish up tonight with this passage that basically sums up exactly what Jesus is saying in the verses that we looked at tonight and exactly what I've preached to you tonight. And I would say that there's a good possibility tonight that some even know it by heart. And let me just read it to you real quick. And we'll close. See if you, see if you know this by heart. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And it's out there. The ungodly are always there to counsel you 
and tell you how you should be looking at this and what you should do, but it's a trap. It's a snare. It's Satan trying to steal your freedom that you have in Jesus Christ. Nor standeth in the way of sinners. And they're out there. There's always the sinners that say, Hey, this way. Come on, this is fun. Come on, you're not going to regret this. Nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And let me tell you, those are growing in numbers by the droves. Those people that say, church? That's where you're getting your insight in life? You're going to listen to this pastor? I'm going to tell you right now, this is what scorners will say. Pastors are hypocrites. They don't know anything. Why don't you listen to somebody that's got a little bit broader worldview than that narrow guy? I hope nobody in here says that because he's narrow for a reason. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. Absolutely he's going to lead you on a narrow way but it's a way that leads to life. Listen to this. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night. I tell you, God's truth, God's word ought to be on our hearts and minds all day long. Well, what does that produce? Well, this is the kind of life we want right here. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So says, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, it sounds great, but it doesn't come by accident. It comes on purpose. It comes in the life of the individual that says, God's word is the most important thing to me in my life. And continuing in his word is the most important thing. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight to love your word. And God, if there's somebody in here tonight, some believer... They've trusted in you. They've, they've known the forgiveness of sin and eternal life. But Lord, they're more content to be led by the talk shows, be led by popular opinion, be led by per political parties and persuasions than to know your word then God, I pray that you would just help them as a child of God to fall in love with the Bible again. Lord, as the Bible writer said, may we deem it more important than our necessary food. Because Lord, by continuing in this book, we'll know the truth. And Lord, I'm so thankful for the freedom that the truth gives us to make decisions and know that we're standing in the right area. That, that we're standing in a place of blessing. And God, I just pray that if there's somebody here tonight who's in bondage, Lord, that either by salvation or by consecration tonight, 
you would enable them to have the freedom that your son Jesus promised that we could have. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless this invitation in Jesus' name. Amen.